Hello, this is Kyle Glenn, and you are listening to Radio Free Space 91.9 WDRT, and this is The Conscious Bro Show. First off, we'd like to dedicate this show to a dear friend who's in our hearts who just passed, Christopher Hendrickson. And we're going to do things a little differently this show um, since we can't get into the studio. Uh, me and Tony just happened to host this amazing Zoom call this last Saturday. We called it Driftless Thrive 2020. And basically, we just kind of sent out the call to a, a variety of amazing people and masters uh, around the Driftless and just wanted to get there, just wanted to see where they're at with this this calamity. And we wanted to talk and we talked solutions and we talked uh, building resiliency and we talked how to thrive in the Driftless despite calamity. And we got, it really turned out amazing. We got a, a lot of solutions and a lot of hope and inspiration on how, you know, how we can thrive and how we can uh, live maybe in a better way than we did in the past. And it went so good that we thought, you know, that you, you all deserve to hear it, hear it as well. We hope you are doing well out there and we, and uh, yeah, we're excited to share this with you. So. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Macassette. Honored to be back on the Conscious Bro Show on WDRT. Would like to also dedicate this to Christopher, someone who over a fairly short amount of time has become like a brother to me. He will be missed. And blessings to all others who also held him dear. Would like to take this opportunity to just read a few words, a little poem that... I hope Christopher can hear. Today I attempt to separate emotions from the inexorable cycles. And with brief success, all that remains is soul. Thus, my brother, you are free of earthly burdens, free to inspire. Our palm weighted by the compass you left in our realm. Oars, people. Let us set a course toward guideposts at the intersection of cycles and souls. 20,000 years had passed, and they journeyed separately, gathering knowledge and mastery. Warriors and mothers, lovers, leaders, each finding their way to the driftless, humbled sages, their voyages solitary, but the joy upon realizing other caravans as well were here to stay. And these are the stories they do tell. So my name, my name is Kyle Glenn, William Glenn, but we wanted to come together and kind of like share ideas and kind of make a plan, agree to disagree, and to hold that firm as a solid principle. If you bring up a problem, you must also have a solution. Peace-oriented, focus on what common ground do we have, you know, like, like we're little cells, we're cells in an organism and we're coalescing together and like, you know, maybe some cells are the liver, some cells are the spleen. Some cells are different parts of the body and they have different purposes and different functions, but they are all part of the same 
you know, you coalesce with, uh, with the ideas that resonate with you. And if something doesn't resonate with you, it's okay. Just kind of like let that go. And I'm, I'm going to send it over to Tony. Now. Hi again, everybody. This is like so cool. I'm sorry. Want this to be about hope and resiliency and like, here's this crazy opportunity to innovate and almost reinvent society for a reason we'd hope wouldn't exist, but it does exist. So why not? Like, let's do it. And um, let's see where we can find ways to be resilient and, and thrive despite calamity, hope, resiliency, and solutions to this crazy moment in time. Hello. <laughs> okay. So I feel that it's very important to make a priority how we are feeling where we're coming from in our being um i'm hoping everybody can hear me yeah i sound good okay so i suggest feeling your sits bones in this moment and settling into your seats allowing your spine to lengthen let the top of your head be open open to the possibilities, open to the solutions. And just feel that breath all the way from the sits bones to the top of the head. Hmm. Allow yourself to feel all 12 pairs of ribs from the bottom to the top to expand in all directions as you breathe. I see all these people. <laughs> And as you exhale, just sending your roots down, allowing your spine to lengthen as you reach down. And I wanna suggest that we look at this gathering as how do we know the history and not repeat it. That would be my hope for this group is that we really become innovative and I hope you're feeling calm and grounded. Um, what I wanted to talk about was decentralized organizing, principles of decentralized organizing, and um, which really dovetails well with this book that I love called The Mystical State, Politics, Gnosis, and Emergent Cultures. And I think that this book is very relevant to what we're talking about today because what we're essentially talking about is emergent culture and how can we like, how can we have something new, a new way of being emerge out of um, the, the chaos of what's happening right now and the sort of, um, you know, collapsing of the old. In order to avoid those mistakes of the past, I would ask us to be mindful of like, when are we saying that our way is the right way and anything that's different from that is wrong? What can we do together? Or like, what are you already doing that works for me or that like I agree with or that furthers the mission, furthers the goal of, you know, a new world and a more peaceful, less consumptive world. We try to like get people into our group. Your group is not necessarily going to be more effective if it's larger. More effective is 
smaller groups of people working together that then communicate with each other. And so that we're not trying to get ourselves into a place of like consensing among 50 people. We're working in small groups that have natural affinity, that naturally have strong relationships, that naturally get each other and work through conflict well with each other. But the, And then those small affinity groups can um, request collaboration with other groups and can, you know, plan large events and let people know about it. But we're not trying, there's not an attempt to like get everyone on the exact same page. I think it makes more sense to do beautiful things and then the people who are excited by beautiful things will join. Yeah. Thank you. Nicely said. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Monty, what's up? Hey. What do you have to say? Hey, hey, everybody. If our minds are consumed with fear, then our minds get agitated, right? The fearful state, the agitated state and then we're not able to make uh, effective decisions from that perspective. So, I mean, it's normal to feel scared, to have fear, but if we focus on that, we want that fear, that emotion to be moderate. We don't want it to be dominant in our consciousness. And the same is true for anger. You know, fear and anger are very related and as, as far as how they affect us. You know, we wanna stay healthy so we can create a new world right we want to improve what's going on here we want to improve our own minds and that's where it begins and then from there we'll have clarity and we'll have vision and we'll know what to do and and fear can really get in the way of that if it if it's um not moderate right so and i'd like to talk about the um the two the two um, tribes, 15,000 years ago, imagine this, these cave dwellers, right? Cavemen, cave women, whatever. The tribe that is infested by fear, imagine that. They start fighting amongst themselves. They're, they're not effective. They're not effective at organizing. They're not effective at doing what they need to do to survive so they perish, right? And then you look at another tribe where there's some fear, sure, but the, the, general, the general vibe is purpose. We can do this. And they were our ancestors, all of our ancestors, because all of our ancestors were badasses that survived, <laughs> you know, when the, when the going was tough and it was tough a lot. Right, by definition. Heck yeah, man, we've all beaten, yeah. I mean, so let's do that again. Let's, let's not be fear-based, let's be purpose-based, let's have intention, let's have vision, and let's move forward. And yeah, let's be compassionate rather than fearful. Let's act out of compassion. Awesome. Mm -hmm. My kind of obsession, as many of you have heard, is the date 20,020. So like, we're the new founders and maybe even whether we want to be or not, we are the new founders of this next version of society. The one that will be by definition and necessity more decentralized, more self-sufficient, more resilient. What can we do with the materials and the people and the mastery 
at hand without necessarily relying on a single outside force if if it should come to that and even even just with this crazy group of superheroes literally that is on the screen in front of me right now in front of all of us it's again each of us has a mastery in in certain area passion areas you know some of some more than in than one area and what can all of us do with that mastery to share it and to to deploy it and to to make operational the fantasies that we've had previously of creating a new a new way with the ultimate goal of like how can we not just endure what's happening how can we actually thrive it's one thing what we can each do individually but what can we do through these little bits of collaboration and consensus and 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 flowing with opportunities as they as they appear before us i mean as we've seen like the acceleration of the ability to manifest the opportunities that literally like pop 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 like in an hourly basis sometimes like it even in my tiny world of you know like sort of organized emergency medicine and disaster preparedness all the other possibilities of like being a human in the driftless again if we set this up purposely in part with this idea that whatever we do today why not imagine as a thought experiment that our same versions of ourselves, you know, past, present, and future, 20,000 years from now? And why couldn't that society, our society, as real as the society we have today in the Driftless, be an amazing place to be, no matter what the world has to go through to get there at that point? We are going to be the Native Americans that people will refer to 20,000 years from now. That's what we are. And we're also the town founders. You know, as you're listening, write down at least two people whose sharing you were inspired by and that you would like to have further conversation with. So that this turns into kind of a like, um, um, what would I call it? Like a flea market of people who want to do awesome stuff where we live. And then you can know which stalls you'd like to visit at a later time. Beautiful. So TJ and then and then my brother David Macassette. Supercharged um, our superfoods company to feed people microgreens was founded on the aspect of mineral density and nutrition in your body and directly relating to the psychology of like a deficit mentality to uh, a surplus or an abundance. So uh, when you have the nutrient density that you need or you're thinking proactively, you're able to see people as family and brothers and sisters on earth that you can work together and share and everything. So I think that is a uh, kind of a grassroots movement in what that is. So food is a huge thing. I know this is the right area for food, but uh, coming up with things that can feed the community on a small scale, uh, you know, and kind of like closing that loop and being sustainable. Well, you got to listen to yourself and, you know, there's a certain uh, place of health and balance in your own body and your own mindset to where you can actually hear what your higher self or your heart or whatever you want to call it is saying to you, you know, and know what's best for them because nobody knows what's best for you besides you. I mean, ultimately people can say things too. So uh, part of that is just creating that energy field too, where you're attracting truth 
and the things that you know you're able to see your path through synchronicities and through however you communicate with the universe in your life these are huge huge issues that i think we should start to normalize and uh teach our children or like as you said that's what i try and instill in my children when raising kids is teaching them to think for themselves but honor everyone's opinion and know that that differs you know so coming down to what i've been stressing most is taking this opportunity to figure out what makes you thrive what makes you feel good what do you feel good doing what are your passions what do you love what turns you on what are those things that you're passionate about that make you feel good and to start doing that and start following that path and sharing that because the more people feel good the more you attract more of that goodness, the more that you can focus on what you love, the more that that's going to be shared and loved where things like this that are proactive and people are talking about what they have to offer, what their areas of expertise is, where their passions are at and how to build that. And the more people exchange that those type of things, the more that we can work together to build these, not even sustainable, but like, the thriveability rather than sustainability thriveability mm. you know where people right. are uh pooling their resources and taking care of each other and we're not looking too far outside for an external source to save us so what is the next currency remembering that currency is like a current of energy that is shared and it's something that has value and in the currency that we use in exchange and uh, you know, the more that you could share that with your neighbor, the more that they're uplifting that. And when you're giving it to like too far out, um, that's energy that's going elsewhere and not necessarily building the community. Thanks everyone for being here. I think this is very important to connect with people and to keep sharing and to build strong bonds, you know, and to like work together because, you know, we're on this planet together and I think all of the answers that we need are like here within us. Like we, we, we have it all, all the stuff that we need to make this world very beautiful. What is going to be the wealth and value moving forward? It's shelter, sustenance, it's a society, and it's the protection and fostering of soul or, and soul interconnectedness. Let's see, David Bankasai, Tony's little brother, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I, uh, I work for the University of Wisconsin, Madison, um, in the College of Letters and Science. And one thing, just in terms of like a change that's going to happen in society is, um, you know, a, a shift to remote learning in, at all levels, um, you know, because whatever happens when we quote unquote, normalize, um, people are going to want to keep the benefits of what they've experienced and eliminate the, uh, the negative parts of, of the experience, and they're both. And it also will democratize expertise um, in a way that we've already seen through social media. People are going to be hungry for um, positive influences to educate them to, be, um, to provide leadership. You know, thinking about the Driftless region and Viroqua and Roots and, and those kinds of things, don't you think there's got to be a 
influx of energy to just produce more of the critical elements of society, um, the minerals of the earth providing something that's beneficial to other people. One of the other things that I was inspired by was Tony, your quote, I don't know, it was just very moving to me knowing you're on the front lines and oh, yeah. having that positive, um, less, you know, fearless, loveful mantra was uh, helpful to me. So I appreciate it. And the photo was from Drew, who is going to talk after Aurora. Uh, sometimes we conform for the sake of making it more palatable for someone else. And I think that that's something that um, we would really benefit from staying away from because the more true and honest we are with ourselves and authentic um, to who we really are and we speak from a place of like transparency and honesty, it ends up changing every dynamic of every relationship that we engage in. Um, and so that's something that I'm really passionate about is, you know, getting everyone to be on board with themselves in a way that makes it so that we can communicate hard things in a way that um, can actually transform you know, different structures and systems that we have in place. Like my ideal vision for our community would be that we are all so self-aware that we can talk to each other from a very um, centered and real place. And we can even, you know, we can get upset, but we can then realize like, I'm upset right now. This is not the best time for me to talk about something like this and then move forward to talk about it, you know, in a different frame, like, you know, mindset or frame of mind or with potentially like a mediator, that sort of thing. Because ultimately, like these things are all of our personal traumas and uh, different experiences that we end up carrying with us into future relationships. And I think that if we all just really get to work on ourselves and like learn how to unpack our own bags and baggage that then we get to move forward in a really productive way that is very fully present and um, excited to be taking part in the conversations um, instead of busy thinking about what else could be happening in their mind um, or how they should have done something or, or whatever, like to just really be present uh, with that. So that is my yeah. two cents. I'm Drew. Uh, thank you, Aurora, for what you just said. I'm interested in communications. Um, I'm interested in civil society. I try to be civil. Uh, I'm an under-engaged photographer. I did recently take a picture of Tony. That was fun. I'm looking at my camera and my pen, or typewriter, as tools for communication and information. I'm, I'm running a few photographs on Facebook and sharing them with people just telling the stories of people who are doing positive things. It's not a lot of information, but it's my contribution to directing the dialogue, how we talk about our community, how we, how we talk about how we deal with the crisis. My own two cents for the world going forward is it's going to need to include everybody so my, my vision is a world where we come together with less of this polarity and a more inclusive world where 
were able to speak to one another respectfully and stand up for the world that we want to build and uh, the truth that we want to bring forward. Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Joelle, and uh, I'm an acupuncturist. Nothing grows in the wrong environment. It can only grow in an environment which will help it to thrive. So if we want to change things like uh, COVID-19, then we have to change the environments. Or we have to be careful if we have environments where it can easily plant itself. So the same goes for the earth. If the earth is not ready for it, it cannot attach itself. So there are ways of diagnosing the earth and of uh, finding ourselves in a circle. All elements are welcome. No matter how different they are, we can all stand in the circle and look at each other at however the distance is. And by doing so, we open up a space, a safe space. And that's basically what I'm asking is that we open up a safe space for the healing to happen, for the environment to change, for our environment to change, our part of the earth. We have to start with a very small, very local groups and make our place bloom. Begun doing this process, the building of community, I've seen it over the last 25 years here in, in the Driftless. It's been phenomenal. And I've seen the life change. We still only have three lights in Vernon County. So life has changed in spite of that. And that's it. <laughs> essentially what happens is more of your spirit comes into your body you become more aligned with your soul and you can like you know you can start to fit into the collective and know like what is your purpose like what did you what why am i here like what can i do you become more into the moment we got to put our personal growth and transformation first if you do that you will step into your power or relax down into your power however you want to say it you will come into your power and uh, you will know what to do. Your soul knows what to do. You came here for a reason. We all came here for a reason. And this is like a beautiful time to, uh, to create a world that we want to live in. It's, have, uh, perhaps you're familiar with the song, Climate Running. Take the children and yourself and hide out in the cellar. By now the fighting will be close at hand. Don't believe the church and state and everything they tell you. Believe in me, I'm with the high community. And then Jackson Brown wrote about these times in his song Before the Deluge. Some of them were dreamers and some of them were fools who were making plans and thinking of the future. With the energy of the innocent, they were gathering the tools they would need to make their journey back to nature. Some of them were dreamers, some of them were fools, who were making plans and thinking of the future. With the energy of the innocent, they were gathering.
So basically, that's what we're doing now. And I had at one time proposed, okay, given where we're at, we could put together a conference of people who could address what we need for survival in the 21st century and address the most important issue, which, of course, everybody needs water because without water, you die within three days. You need shelter. And in this particular area, in the summer, you certainly need the water to be the primary uh, requirement. And in the winter, you shelter the primary requirement. So we had a conference proposal we put together that would address how a community would look in the 21st century if and when the grid collapses and the government comes apart. Uh, these times were prophesized by the Hopi Indians. That's just, interestingly enough, I've been studying, I think this probably comes across in reverse text. But that's a book about the Hopi Indians, the Hopi Survival Kit, was written in 1997 by a Lutheran minister who'd written a number of Native American books and the Hopis invited him down to get the full skinny on the prophecies and put them all in a book. Uh, back in 1980, when Grandfather David was 112 years old, I had seen him speak on the Hopi prophecies. And they had uh, pretty well outlined what was going to happen in this country. These prophecies go back to 1,100 years ago. And Something I just want to pass by you is that in this book, the Hopi prophecies are based on this particular petroglyph. This is called Prophecy Rock on the Hopi Reservation. And they made that petroglyphs to kind of keep them queued up to the verbal uh, recitation of the Hopi prophecies. There were over 100 prophecies. 80 have come true, none have been wrong. Mankind survived because of the wisdom of the elders, which is very firm, firmly respected in Native American communities, the wisdom of the grandfathers and the grandmothers, and the grandmothers in particular. Uh, and I think that this failure of democracy, because it could be purchased, uh, portends a return to a government of spiritual and tribal elders helping communities survive. And I think we have the foundations of that tribal council already in effect here in the Driftless area. We have a county board of supervisors some of whom are very tuned up to what's going on. And we have a city council that's very tuned up to what's going on. So we have um, some great expertise and some great wisdom here amongst us already. And participation with the city council and with the county supervisors is essential for us all to help them address what needs to be done.
And I think just saying that, I'd like to turn this over to one of the members of that tribal council, Gregory. I, I, I'm a long held believer that, um, that the earth wants us here. It really wants us here to, to be its consciousness, its human reflective consciousness. Um, it's because of us that the earth um, can see itself, be cognizant of itself, realize just how beautiful it is. We are, we are that. We are its eyes and self-reflection. We are the earth. But I thought, uh, it, it seems to me that this great transition that we're on the threshold of um, is, is, is the transition of, of doing to actually being. And, and this new quantum environment that we're learning about right now from a Newtonian understanding of the world to a quantum understanding of the world. It's this transition that we're being, again, not just invited, but required to step into now, mandated to step into now, which is really a gift because we probably wouldn't be um, out of our, our comfort zones unless we really had to. But I really feel as if um, the earth wants us to do this. And um, the earth thinks that we can do this. We all see it from being a human, right? Um, and, but that's just one perspective of it. The 30,000 foot view, if I may, is, is, is one then of, of us collectively transitioning into this being, this new being where we no longer are learning our spirituality. We're no longer doing our spirituality. We are the spirituality. Uh, we've, we've learned that the best thing to do is to go from me to we uh, un, until now this really deep invitation to do, to, to actually be one, not just learn it, not just do it, but be it. Um, this invitation extends to us being our, uh, a movement from our ego selves, Newtonian ego selves, into our, uh, our true spirit essence self. And it's out of that essence self, our soul self, that we're being invited to more fully inhabit, to fully inhabit, no more excuses. Then we are always speaking our truth I've been on this soul searching mission for a long time. I've made a lot of career changes. You know, I started a handyman business in the area to be local. Uh, we, you know, my wife and I, we got three kiddos and we homestead, try to practice sustainable means of living. And we're growing every single year, trying to be more sustainable, more self-sustainable. Um, but it's tough to do, you know, if you're just like one person or if you're like one family and you know, and no, no one can be strictly just an island. What, what's kind of got me interested in the whole, you know, spirituality journey, I've had a lot of interest in um, matter, you know, how, how, how we're created, layering things back out to where we can find, uh, find a solid center state. All the folks within our community, you're totally right. We have a lot of different experiences here. We, we, we're kind of like a self-contained, like, you know, bubble over here almost uh, you know but we don't have to be we can we can totally be open to everything else that's going on um but 
none of that stuff is uh, none of that stuff is secret information. It's uh, it's it's uh, knowing that we are uh, knowing that we're all here, knowing that we can be here to support each other in our communities. And I just, quite frankly, thank you guys are you know thank you guys so much for for having this vision and putting this on and kind of getting the ball rolling for for some great things to happen over here. I'm interested in physics and the nature of reality from a quantum point of view, I guess you could say, as well as a Newtonian point of view. So I'm, I've been looking for high school seniors or college kids that, and, and anybody else older than that, that are interested in uh, physics with electrical and mechanical design and fab experience to work on experiments relating to energy extraction from the ether. My interest is like, you know, on a real basic level here is, you know, about food. I've been in food my whole life. You know, I've been a market, I homestead all of it, just like what Jeremy was saying. You know, it's, uh, and when you're doing it by yourself as just a single family, well, that's one thing, you know, you can do that, but you can't do everything. There's no way that a single family can grow all their own food or any, and who would want to anyway, you know, it makes life pretty difficult. I, I'm really interested in people that want to like essentially create a situation where we're homesteading together, whether you're in town or out of town, yeah, um, you know, how do we do this together? How do we create affinity groups, clans, whatever word, new buzz age word you want to use? Um, it seems like throughout human history, the ideal size group is about 20 to 25 people. And I'm counting how many people are on here right now, mm -hmm. you know? So in a real practical sense, who has land and are willing to share it? I have tools in a back and I know how to do, I have a lot of skills that I'm willing to share. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very interested in the practicality, every, all the spiritual stuff and getting to heaven and being peaceful and, you know, finding your center, I think is all wonderful. It's all great. Keep doing it. <laughs> but, <laughs> let's get practical too. Right. Agreed. Um, Thank you. Really consider it. We went from a we went from a time in like the fifties where we, we you know we had single family homes. Everybody had gardens. In fact, you know during those days, you know particularly around World War II, the government put out information to say, hey, you know get chickens, uh, grow your own crops, grow grow gardens. Uh, but different soils will grow different types of produce or different types of crops differently. And I think the reason why everyone's here. It's because we're, we've realized, we're, we're awakened in the sense that we've realized that it has detracted from our happiness. It's detracted from what has given us the core ethos of our, of our inner being, of our, of our soul. I think we definitely have shifted, and I think we just need to find a way to get back to that, um, to that point where our focuses are on uh, food, fire, family and um and 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 inner peace and that all comes with you know 
taken on those daily chores and those daily activities, whether that be prepping our stuff up in the, in the springtime so that we can be prepared to have a good garden in the summer, several crop rotations, working with the harmonious cycles that already exist and recognizing those. I mean, you know, like the, you know, talking about the Hopi Indians, a lot of the cultures that came before us, they, they knew the cycles of the, the planet. You know, they knew the cycles of the sun, the cycles of the seasons. You know, yeah, we, we see a lot of change in our seasons now, but we got to get back to a time where we're working our daily environments, uh, our homes, our, our gardens, our, our everything. We're working all those things with the harmonious cycles that already exist. And it's just us recognizing because we can't change the nature of, of the earth. We, we can find a way to, to do that. And I think, if, I think that's a cool key component. I think that's a, that's a good thing. What is the new currency? You know, it's, it's sort of like the, the power of each human organism. And it's the soil and the security around sustenance. And it's everyone has to have a shelter. So let's, let's make sure everybody has a shelter no matter what. And we build it with local materials and local mastery of building. And it's about a society that can, can cooperate into nodes like perhaps the one we're developing now with other nodes within this civilization, this society of the Driftless. And then maybe the Driftless node connects with other nodes that are sort of similarly going and like-minded. And we have a worldwide network. I mean, a lot of this already exists. We can develop a new currency that is a trade of things of approximately equal value and a certain amount of value that we give to somebody's time and, and their mastery. And then we, we, we trade in that way. And we're already doing that. Just the kind of fun energy behind creating something cool. And then it's a perfect balance between the rugged individual and the hive and the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And so it, it optimizes the state of energy into its easiest state of being so that we can be a thriving culture and serve as an example of how things can be, how they are, how they should be because they're down to the least, most perfect, simplistic energy, the natural state of being that is, it wants to exist, you know, harmony with God, harmony with self and harmony with brothers and sisters in a way where it's basically a big party and we have way, way more than we individually really need. Like we're all wealthy collectively. I'm all in on that. And what this Vernon County Energy District, VCED, would do would be to uh, encourage alternative energy development within Vernon County, the, the main goal being a complete transition to renewable energy. We don't have a time frame for that, but that's basically the goal is to help people reduce their energy usage, reduce their carbon footprint, um, reduce the expenses that they have on what they're paying for propane, natural gas, and electricity. And the mission statement is boom, yeah, the arc. Think of this in, in various, maybe five or, or five or six sectors. Um, one of them, you know, of, of what this, um, uh, of, of what this, uh, uh, how this manifests itself in, in a variety of facets in terms of um, uh, energy would be a facet. 
another would be agriculture, um, another would be health, um, another would be um, building, um, and you know, and just kind of keep it simple. And I think that um, you know, with the the twenty thirty people that have um, given their time on this call today, that they might be able to um, to find themselves more easily. Uh, in in one of these really um, general sectors of of um, of manifesting our words today. Well said, Dan. I want to invite you to speak, just because I know you're really you're like an expert when it comes to practicality, and like at least I consider you that uh, in like project management. What it comes down to for me is that. I feel like we're all on the same page in general here, you know, and, and I, I feel like it's important for us to talk about these things and get that out on the table. But as, as many of you know, from me, you know, the resounding chorus is like, okay, we, we agree that we're all on the same page. We agree that we all want these things, but it, it usually ends there. So it's, you know, it's not an easy task to to go from an idea to an actual tangible accomplishment, something especially that can shift a paradigm. Um, but it's something, you know, I think it's something we all want. Uh, I think we all have some general ideas about what the problems are and some even less general ideas about, or some less specific ideas about what the solutions are. But they exist, and they exist in those sectors that Gregory just pointed out. You know, all, it, it, you know it's, it's a multifaceted problem with a multifaceted solution. Um, you know, and, and that solution has got to come from the talents and strengths of each of us because yeah we we can't all do it ourselves we are interdependent we all have things we love to do and things we don't like to do how do we get into some kind of an actionable uh program here how do we move from preaching to the choir talking about the problems lamenting the problems lamenting the politics and and actually start moving into something real something tangible does start from self-work as kyle mentioned I, I think all of you you know the shift in humanity has to stem from from our own personal work at the end of the day i really appreciate the fact that you know there's people out here willing to talk about these things uh share their ideas share their expertise and I'm excited to hear some of the things that have that are going on. Uh, that electric initiative is something I'd like to hear more about. Uh, that's a huge piece of it is decentralizing our our dependence on on energy. I would really like to remind us that uh, before our heads were activated, our little hearts were going. Oh, in fact, that was the first organ to go. Was the heart going like this? It has been going faithfully every day of our lives. I invite you to go into your heart. What makes you happy? What makes you joyful to be alive? 
what did you come here to do in a loving way for the earth, for life, for everyone, for yourself? Find that thing that makes you excited and happy and joyful in a good way and grow that. I look forward to seeing you soon. How do you get from talking to manifesting something happening that has the energy to sustain itself? And I just want to share, I've been over the course of 50 years, I have been involved in a number of startup founding member projects uh, that some have turned into big things, some smaller, but the consistent experience that I have had is that it takes a core group of people kind of making a pact with each other to do whatever it takes to get it off the ground and to make it a primary commitment in their life. So I just want to share that, that, you know, if you've got an idea of something you want to do, something you want to see happen, you know, the next step would be to find a few others in all the things it's only been a handful of people organic valley is one i was part of the founding group of organic valley i know what it took to get it off the ground and all of the projects that i've been involved with also that commitment last had to last for several years to really get it going and the one other thing i want to say is uh tony used the word bliss uh joelle talked about happiness i think of think of things in terms of being in the flow and then that when you find that group of people that you can work with and you make that commitment to each other to make something happen you can feel the flow and then when you start to go maybe in a little bit wrong, wrong direction you can feel when you're going out of the flow and you can adjust if you keep your sensitivity to that, that sense of flow, blissful factor to it. Take an 11 bed emergency department and have the capacity to make it a 30 bed emergency department. So we designed a, a system that um, I can say as of today is way more than we need. So it's like a triumphant thing. I'm super interested in creating sort of trade and barter system. Um, I know it's not the first time it's been done, but I think there's a lot of people in our community that have talents and skills and food that they're growing. And I think that it's a huge possibility for us to come together. Um, my first experience with it was at Trade Circle at Rainbow and I thought it was a really powerful way to share goods, share skills, um, you know, go along that, those sort of lines. And I'm super good with logistics. So I would love to put my energy towards that in any way that I can. And I'm super grateful to be a part of this community and a part of this call. And yeah, that's all I have to say.
You're welcome. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Corey. What? It goes along with what Joel says. You know, you got you to find the heart, the heart beating in your chest, and you got to find out who you are and what you really like and, and connect with like minds and then unite to, to build and do what, what it is that you're meant to do on this planet. For me, what, uh, what I've done in my life is, uh, you know, having a hard time understanding what really, what, what makes the world tick? What makes me tick? Why am I here? What is all this? And so I had to, I had to search. I had to go back to the beginning. We all have to start from that to, to understand why things are the way they are right now. And then we will know what to do to change that. And, oh. and what I come up with is that we, we live in a present moment and we draw to us everything that we spend our attention on. Those are like the basic laws that exist. And so, so when, when something bad, what we, can, what we would say is bad happened to us, um, we, we, a lot of times we, we think that we didn't create that and we blame that on somebody else. But in reality, we did create it. And um, so if we go back to the very beginning and how, how all this confusion has happened, um, we look at the present moment being what is happening to us right now. And, 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 a, and a situation happens that maybe we don't like. So we, um, we, we get traumatized from it. And we can't get that painful experience to go away. So we, in effect, take a piece of ourselves and we throw it out into the ethers. And now we feel good. So we chose not to deal with that present moment. But the law says we have to. And so it sits out there waiting for us to be ready to deal with that. So those pieces are floating around out there. And so we do that multiple times, multiple times. We just keep throwing pieces away because we keep getting traumatized, keep having situations that we don't want to deal with. We don't want to live that present moment. And the present moment has to be lived. And it will sit out there waiting for us to, to experience it. And then uh, different people will attach to it because they resonate with it. And then we will be attracted to that person. And then that piece will flare up. And we will blame that person for doing those things to us that people in the past have done to us. And it's their fault. And then we give their we give our power to them. Now we're losing more pieces. So it all goes back to those, those things that people have said today that we have to feel all the emotions that come up. As they come up in that moment, we experience them 
once we experience them, we gain the wisdom from them. They integrate within our, ourselves. And if a piece of ourself is in that person that aggravated us, once we've integrated the wisdom from it, our peace has come back to us. They no longer have to carry it, so now they're no longer burdened, and they're free. So um, as we do that, we become more whole, and as we become more whole, we can see what to do, and life becomes easier, everything falls together, and uh, life is good. Thank you, Dwight. <clears throat> Hey, being present is like the greatest gift that we have as human beings. And as someone who is a deep sensitive and having been present for my entire adult life and not shy away from the pain and trauma and having experienced my share of pain and trauma as we all have and find something deeper and more meaningful to why we exist. So, you know, I'm kind of continuing what Dwight was saying. I mean, this, this moment that I love the term someone called the great pause is exactly that moment for our reckoning. I want to participate in something that is way more life affirming. And that takes us to a new level of relating to each other, particularly those of us of European ancestry. You know, the Hopi say, if something can't grow corn or raise kids, you better ask yourself, what good is it? It's probably been said for thousands of years, float like a leaf in the river. This is the time. Thank you. We are the ones that we've been waiting for. I think that's a Hopi thing too, right? Do we have an emergency plan, like a community emergency plan for when things start hitting the fan and we all need to like be ready, like have this drill for like, what are we going to do if this happens? What's going to be the best plan of action? How do we keep everybody safe and like protect our rights and all work together as a community versus everybody just like getting ready for what we don't know is going to happen, I guess. Let's build Earthships, indeed. I'll uh, just pitch in for a second. Um, I have some really particular, uncommon skills. Like, I've done a fair amount of grief work, and I've done a lot of um, working with people in alternative or very unstructured spaces. So I'm really into pitching in with all of that and, and there's so much bubbling right now participating in social events online so i know a lot about all the kind of bells and whistles of zoom and you know like if we had, I'm, I'm on calls regularly with a hundred and some people and and all of that too and i think a lot about organizing and big picture stuff so sounds good being on the team uh live love and save fear for running from the tigers and bears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>